You're listening to Latchkey Kids on the Channel 3900 Podcast Network. Here's your hosts Amy Poppinger and Sam Mulberry. Welcome to Latchkey Kids. I am Sam Mulberry and I am joined as always by... Amy Poppinger. Amy, uh, I have to say, this is our second episode of Latchkey Kids. And, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and everybody likes to make the joke of, oh, well, nobody's listening. I need to tell you, this has been a podcast. We've had just one episode, but the critical response has been great. The popular response has been great. I actually think instead of saying, oh, nobody's listening, the world is listening. Wow. I think there was a Latchkey Kid-sized hole in the shape of the soul of the universe that we are fitting into. That Oh, that I like the um, idea that our, our latch key is fitting in yes. the, the lock. <laughs> exactly. That has just been waiting. Well, that is very kind. And um, I just think it's fun. It's really, it's, it's invigorating for me to do these in the sense that it's just fun. I just, I, it's you and me the same way we would be having a conversation at lunch, which would not be abnormal. Um, and just sort of reminiscing, but also being, you know, like, I don't know that being critically reminiscent is a thing, but right. I think that, I think that's good. <laughs> and so I'm thrilled if anybody, I mean, if nothing else, if this kills a half hour of a road trip, you are not excited to be on. Um, or I, even this morning, I was stuck in a doctor's office and I brought my headphones because I'm super into a podcast at the moment. And I thought this will keep me from being annoyed waiting. Exactly. So I just, if, if this is at all helpful <laughs> to anyone, I don't, in line at Menards, in the fabric counter at Joanne, et cetera, <laughs> like I am thrilled to think that maybe it's, it's helping someone. All right. So last week we watched some music videos. What is our topic for today? Well, today we are going to talk about a, uh, a fixture, I think, in most people's homes. A literal physical fixture. An absolute <laughs> A, a literal physical fixture that I think a lot of home life actually revolved around. Um, it was central to home life, utilized by everyone in the home, necessary for a family's survival, um, socially as well as, say, if there were a fire or an emergency, literally. And that is the telephone. <laughs> so can we start with what is your... Big picture. Yeah. What is your relationship to the phone? Are you somebody who likes the phone? If the phone rings, is that like, oh, I get to talk to somebody, or is it an annoyance? Do you, do you, uh, are you, do you like to call people on the phone? Um, if we're talking about now, the answer to that would be no. Um, I actually had as a topic for us to to come around to the impact of the loss of the the telephone oh, sure. and the transition to texting because it has created in myself as somebody who I would say loved the phone and utilized the phone more than anybody in the household after probably age 13, but then even into the 90s, even into the early years of my marriage, um, having, uh, I'm going to call them uh, friendly friendly disagreements about the amount of minutes that I mm. used, which, which even that question, um, if you think of it, you know, what are the number of minutes that you need? That's a funny transition point from where we were to sort of where we are because we haven't had that argument in right. 10 years be right. because 
I don't talk on the phone anymore and I resist talking on the phone. And when the phone rings, I'm skeptical of why whoever is calling me needs to call me. And if I don't recognize the number, I always let it go to voicemail. And with the exception of a small group of people, if I even if I know them, I let it go to voicemail. I, I, it makes me extremely nervous. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because, and, and we're going to get into the eighties, but yeah. we, we just need to get our phone yeah, sort of bona fides our, yeah. out, right? Like, we still have a landline at our house. Do you, you guys? I'm guessing um, the Poppingas don't have a landline. No, no, we don't have a. We have not had a landline. I mean, I remember actually the argument for me wanting to keep a landline when I had really young children and. Um, my argument was, what if I can't find my cell phone? Which then, of course, being <laughs> being married to being married to a chemical engineer led into a whole conversation about maybe that's you admitting that there's room for some improvement in the way that you run your life, Amy. So um, we transitioned away from a landline in 2009. Oh, so wow. we haven't had a landline in a very long time, and we moved into a new home in. Um, in December of this past, uh, well, I, you know, we're in the world we work in. It's when we say this past year, we tend to think of it in terms of the way that a school year works. But we we moved into a new home in in December of 2020, and um, our kids had never seen, you know, in in like the laundry room, there was still a phone jack oh, on sure. the wall where where the previous owners had obviously had a phone by the washer and dryer because, you know, of course. And there's phone jacks in their bedrooms. And they just think they're hilarious because my my kids have act, have never been in a home with a phone jack. So um no. But but you, sir, I mean, do you yes. does the landline still So so here's the thing. I am only about a year, not even a year. We 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 haven't quite hit the uh, cell phone anniversary for me. Like I, I know, this, so I just got a phone, and I will tell you, after a year of having a cell phone, my life is not any different. It uh, well, is not radically be, changed because you don't. Even though those of us that I think are in your close friend group, I know that I have your phone number, but I also have zero expectation and confidence that you will use it to communicate with me and thus text, text, I text wise you're saying yeah, yeah I mean yeah. I don't I don't even text you if I need to reach you you should, I, pro- you should probably start that because I actually do, do that do you yeah, do I that do. now I do yeah. okay well that's yeah. news to me yeah. you know I think I wanted to respect you your transition I wanted to respect <laughs> well now it. that we're a year in I can expand <laughs> okay, a little great, bit great. um so so but all that is to say like I have my whole life disliked the phone so I'm gonna yes. say I am going into the phone yeah. conversation as a hostile witness yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> t- uh, nowadays when the landline rings much like you're talking about with yeah. not answering the phone my usual sense is no one is calling for me so why would I pick up the phone I, I think I'm actually judgmental of people who call. I feel a little bit like, you know, that you could have figured this yeah. out. Whatever you're calling me for, it could have been communicated to me in a in a way that I would find more efficient that doesn't feel um, obtrusive. And I just, I'm already a little judgy. It's a bit like if I'm at the grocery store, and I don't know, maybe this is you, and then I'm going to feel really bad. But if I'm at the grocery store and the person in front of me is writing a physical check, I am instantly judgmental of um, a, a number, a number of things. And I'm suspicious. Maybe I'm not so much judgmental as I am I'm I'm suspicious, well, and so whoever's I, calling, I feel suspicious. I realize this is not the topic for the it show, is not. but but I need to say I got nervous when you said 
writing a physical check and I was thinking like, I have a physical grocery list that I'm checking things off of. Oh, I, I would too. never write a check. No, no, no. no. I don't even no. have, I can't remember the last time I wrote a check. Okay. All that. So, so we, yeah, we've sort of we've laid, transitioned. We, we've laid out our phone stuff. Now I want to go back to the eighties. Okay. And the stereotype, just like the stereotype now of like a teenager of a kid is mm. like they're always staring at their yep. screen they're always texting they're always on instagram or tiktok or whatever like this the stereotype of the 80s kid or at least a version of the 80s kid is that they're always monopolizing the phone yes. they're always on the phone it sounds like it's taken over their life yes it sounds like you were a version of like uh, like um, a, a cartoon version of you might be that if you were uh, a heavy user of the phone as a kid or well we we had phone limits, so I think meaning what that, meaning that phone calls could not be longer than a half an hour. So I and could this was not, not this was not like a phone company imposed limit. Oh no, these this are these are parental okay. um, phone limits that were imposed. So phone conversations could not. These are just the ones I remember. There were probably more, but phone conversations could not be over a half hour. You could not, say, have consecutive conversations with the same person. So say that I had talked to my best friend for a half hour. That's it. Like, she she can't call back a couple hours later. I cannot call her back a couple hours later. I'm not sure if my mom actually got these rules I'm listing off here from the local prison, but these were the rules. So um, phone conversations, depending upon the person, could not take place in my bedroom. Now, early on... Obviously, I would not have had a phone in my bedroom. I mean, hello. I, you know, um, I was not, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't Blair from the facts of life. I did not grow up in luxury with those sorts of rules. So the phone cord, you know, had to stretch any level of privacy. The phone was attached to a phone cord, so thus, um, I didn't have a ton of privacy to begin with. So a half hour was was about good. Um, but conversations had to be taking place in an, in, in a location where my mom a could... A public place. A public, a public place. Um, my favorite rule, because this was just... It, it, it was something that frustrated me at the time in um, early adolescence. I could not talk on the phone after 9 p.m. There was a hard and fast rule. No phone conversations after 9 p.m. And my mother's justification for that was essentially... Nothing good happens after 9 p.m. You're you're tired. Your defenses are down. You don't have your emotional wits about you. You will like the same thing that people say in concern, which I agree with for kids and texting today. Like you would never say that to a, you would never say to a person what you're texting to the person, you know, and our concern about how if you don't. My mom had those same concerns about anything after 9 p.m. So like, no, <laughs> Were you like a mogwai or. <laughs> And and to, and it was ingrained in me. There is still still I have that rule for my own kids. Now my kids' phones have to be put away earlier. But the point is, my justification is the same. I'm like your your emotional defenses are down. You're going to say something you don't mean. You're going to say something you don't regret. You are um, you're tired, so you're not you're you're not cognitively at your best. So I used to deeply resent this rule, but man, it's definitely one of those that I buy into a hundred percent today. Like I don't email today after nine p.m. because I just know wow. oh, I am not at my I'll regret that in the morning. I love how how you can trace back that rule, which makes some sense. You can trace it yeah. back to this other thing. So we've laid out some of the rules. How did you skirt the rules? Or were you a rule oh, follower? Um, you know, 
I'm a, I am a rule follower. I think order is a good thing. This is something, this will actually come up in a later podcast, but you and I both in our friendship have joked about the fact that um, we would, we would, I mean, I'm not going to, I am, I am making no argument for socialism. However, I think I would adapt pretty quick. Like mm-hmm. if you, it, I mean, when there are rules, I follow them. Um, I, I don't, I never pushed the, the, the line on say things like school dress code. I, I did not do things I wasn't told to do. And so I did not. I mean, at nine o'clock, it was like shows over. That's done. I so feared punishment, even though punishment actually so rarely came my way. I more agonized over my siblings. Punishments. So, 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 OK, here's a question then. If you have a 30 minute limit. Yeah. And nine o'clock limit. Oh, it's like it's like eight thirty, like a key moment. It's like I got to get this call in now so I can match. Like, was it about maximizing the time? Yeah, people knew. I would say my close circle of friends knew. They knew. You know, if it was sort of like call me back when you're done with your homework, I would remind them. But then they kind of knew. Oh well, I've got to. You know, I mean, I'd start getting nervous at eight thirty if I was waiting for a phone call and the phone call wasn't coming. It was sort of like you know, I'm. My time is the up. Like ticking. the clock is ticking because there definitely wasn't an extension. You know, it wasn't right. like, oh, well, you started it late. So thus you can stay on till 915. And I had, I mean, I had siblings I had to share the phone with. So there was a lot. Of, and there's one phone line. There's right? one phone line. Okay. So there's a lot of maneuvering. And um, in the early days before call waiting. And I mean, I remember you knew even you would say, well, do you have call waiting? Or you'd have to say to people, I don't have call waiting. And thus, there was a constant getting off of the phone because um, my my mom would have to say, no, I'm waiting for a call, you know, and we don't have call waiting. And thus, the phone line needs to be free. Which is right now, I'm thinking, depending on who's listening to the podcast, I guess we should explain that. That, you know, if you if you called someone and they did not have call waiting and call waiting, Sam, can you explain what call waiting? Well, I, I can, even though can I try. don't know that I've ever yeah. had this. Because um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, have to be I definitely didn't have this growing up. Uh, no, we just didn't have it. Like, Yeah, we um, didn't either for, yeah. for a good so, amount so of time. So I think that the way it worked is like if you were on a call, if you had call waiting and you were on a phone call, um, it would... Would it like like beep or yeah, ring or it, like like give you like one little ring to be like yeah. there's another line you could switch over to? It was like a clicking sound kind of like a like a kind yeah. of a little bit of an interruption. Um, now I always wondered could the person on the other yeah. end hear that too well, that you were getting a call? You could usually on the other hand, if I recall correctly, and I'm always happy to be corrected. You could you couldn't hear the sound, but you would hear it would sort of cut out for a second. Okay. So you could hear sort of a, an absence of of um, you know an absence of the other person's voice because people would use it to their advantage, right? You'd be like, "I'm getting another call." Maybe yeah. you weren't even, and you'd kind of click the yeah. You'd cl- I don't even know what you call that. I mean, it's not because yeah. what do you call the you know the, the hang up thing the, the hang up thing yeah. sure um and they were yeah sold, well it sold, would be it would know. be the cradle on an old phone but i don't right. know yeah. you could click the little thing on a cradle to sort of make if you didn't push it depress it the entire way mm-hmm. you could mimic a yeah. call waiting and, and i would say the other side of that is i i seem to remember people were able to be good at like telling in a conversation like oh i can tell you just like i can tell from the way you paused in how you were talking you just got a call waiting exactly right no that's just it and so um 
But before that, I mean, you had to, again, you had to keep the phone line free because a call is coming in. There was no voicemail. I mean, I'm just even saying this and I, I thought, oh, you know, in our show notes, we didn't say anything about how we transitioned to voicemail. I mean, there's just so many layers to this. But I, I think of how you you said these things like, no, we need to keep the phone line free. I can't miss that call. Well, do you remember the feeling of you need to keep the phone line free and then your friend calls and it's like you got to get them off the line? Yes. But because it's like, is there important information I need? Right. So. Do, what's going on? Can I call you back later? My mom is waiting for a call. And even that anticipation sort of of waiting for a call because what makes waiting for a call something that's anxiety-inducing is the fear of missing the call. Mm-hmm. And we don't miss calls. And I mean, you okay. know, again, did, did I'm this, suspicious of did calls. Did this ever happen in your household? Because, again, I didn't spend a lot of time yeah. on the phone. Where there would be, let's say, you and your siblings, and there wasn't a we're waiting on a call, and the phone rings, and it's almost like, Who's getting the gift? Like, who is the yeah. one who's going to get the call? Yeah. Well, it depends on the timing of the phone call, I think. Now, there are times that the phone would ring, and this goes into another rule that I'll sort of tie in, is that we had a rule of no phone calls during during dinner. So mm-hmm. basically, from kind of like a 5.30 to a 6.30, on average time frame, you know, we do not answer the phone. And so my parents, yes, my parents wouldn't answer my mom, I guess I should say. And then later when my mom was um, remarried or in my my other home, which makes me very much a typical 80s kid, two homes, two, you know, divorced parents early on. But um, nobody answered the phone during dinner because you know what? If it's important, they'll what? They'll call, call back. back. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. And so, but to your point about, you know, the lucky winner of the phone call, when the phone rang at 6.30, both my brothers would get these looks on their faces because we knew, we all knew it's a girl because they both had very active social lives. And um, it's a girl. And the girl has been informed you can't call me until after 6.30. Oh, so, so if there was a phone call... somebody waiting to oh, make yeah. that call. Oh, yeah. If there was a phone call right at 6.30, both of my brothers would kind of leap up out of their um, seats at dinner. Um, but also, uh, you know, my parents, when phone calls would come... So say the phone did ring at 9.15. Um, there would often be an eye rolling from one of the parents as they would then approach the phone because they were well aware this is one of your friends meaning my brothers not me so much but this is one of your ladies i'm gonna have to inform them of oh the so they wouldn't even let your brother inform no them. no and then wow. my brothers would that's be you know embarrassed play. well it is but that's the only way you know you got to nip that behavior in the bud and yeah. i think that that is that's the way to do it. So, so the. Um, so I, what does that sound like? Can, can you can you walk me through? Like, so I call. Let's say I call, and I'm gonna. Yeah. And I, and, and I want to talk to your brother. I can be a lady if you want in oh, this sure, situation. Sure. Like, what does okay. the parent say? So, well, whoever answers the phone. So this gets into another kind of one of the phone rules. Gosh, we, our family had a lot of phone rules, but um, regardless of of the two households that I kind of grew up in, there was phone etiquette. So when you answered the phone, adult or child, you answered it. Last name, residence, and then whoever is speaking, right? So even if my dad were to answer the phone, he would have said, Klein residence, Keith speaking, um, which I think is hilarious and very intimidating to the incoming oh, caller. Yeah. Very intimidating. Also and, for very professional. Very professional. And my my parents were so judgy of people who would not who would not identify themselves. So say for example, I'm going to throw um I'm going to throw someone under the bus here but I guarantee you she's not listening. So um hello, you know, oh hi, hi, is Chris there? My father would say um who may I ask who's calling? calling? Yeah. This is Rita. Um we're going to call her Rita M. Um 
oh, hello, Rita. Do you know what time it is? Thus, again, you got to put the um, put the responsibility on the caller. They should know. Rita's not new to calling our house. I mean, Rita called a lot. So Rita, oh, Mr. Klein, it's, um, oh, I guess it's 912. Well, Rita, in our household, we don't we don't take phone calls after nine, which isn't quite true because my dad's on the phone taking the phone call. But um, I'm but sure whatever it moment. is. Is there something you needed me to tell Chris? No, no, nothing that, you know, is it something that can wait till tomorrow? And of course, poor Rita's embarrassed because of course, whatever it is can wait till tomorrow. And then my dad says, you're welcome to go ahead and give him a call back tomorrow morning after six. Wow. And scene. And that would be it. So, um, you know, that again, that kind of curbed the behavior pretty quickly. But here's what that does, which I think is a good thing, is that it really did make it so that calls that came after nine either were one of my brother's various lady friends or an emergency. Mm-hmm. Like you knew it was an emergency because. Which is why you would answer the phone after yes, nine to be like, right. well, this better, this is, this ought to be good. Right. Yeah. And I want to state that my, at least one of my brothers, the one whose name I won't repeat, but I've already implicated him. He definitely broke the rules and made phone calls after 9 p.m. Like four, sure. So he was he was a big time rule breaker, but I didn't. <laughs> so uh, last thing about the rules, yeah, and then we sure. can move on because yeah. I'm just so fascinated <laughs> by this. Again, I didn't use the phone enough for to necessitate rules, um, and we can talk about my own phone issues in a moment if you'd like. But I would. I I want to know, like, did you when you made a call or or received a call? How were you clocking the time? Was somebody else clocking the time? Like, like how would how did that thirty minutes like get? A, not, not how did it get? How did it play out? Like, were you would you hit like the twenty five minute mark and be like, kind of like on a podcast? Like, oh, we need to wrap this up. I need to find a good out um, of this conversation. You know, I never saw any official timepiece. I just know that somehow, as maybe mothers do, my mom just knew she'd wander wander through the room and be like, you know, kind of gesture at her watch, do the little like tap, 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 but not actually touch her watch and then do a little uh, audience. You can't see me, but, you know, a little um, wrap it up, wrap it up sign with her uh, index finger to say, don't you think it? And, you know, you you also kind of knew I'd be like, well, I've still got 10 minutes or I've still got. um, So I don't remember having to set any official timepiece, but it just became ingrained. I mean, it was like putting brownies in the oven. Like you just knew, like even if the timer doesn't go off, I do this so many times. I have a generic sense of what can be accomplished in a 30-minute conversation. And sometimes you would ask for mercy. It was sort of like, but we're finishing up homework or we're wrapping up this or this or that. So I want to be fair that I do think that sometimes there was a bit of a grace period if you could – if you could – prove the phone call justified a few extra minutes and was contributing to your overall um, success later in life. Was there ever the reach over and just hit the cradle by... No, no. That's the nuclear option that never got used. I think not with me. You know, that's a good question, though, because, again, I can see that. I don't think that um, we were... My home was above that kind of um, punishment. Uh, but, well, you know, my parents wouldn't call that punishment. They would say, like, enforcing the rules, sure. you know. But I'm sure that my brothers had a phone call disconnected a time or two. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, here, sure. Here's what's crazy about all of this. And this is very 1980s of me to think about. But, like, I'm picturing you and your brothers and your family 
on the phone do like i have images in my head but what's because i've never been to your childhood yeah. home all of these dramas are playing out in my childhood home so i because i kept thinking like well why wouldn't you look over at the clock on the microwave and then i realized oh. well because you're not in my house well you would often you could pull the phone and in one of our homes you could pull the phone into the pantry okay um was this a I, long cord phone? yes okay. yes eventually um and another thing that i think is funny is um like you're dining okay so the the chairs that you're did you guys have like a, a kitchen nook table or a dining like where did you eat your typical yeah we meals? had a, our, our, like your our dining room kitchen was all kind of together okay did you have were the were the chairs on on wheels yes they were okay so i was just thinking about that right like I have I have um, now sort of like physiological memories of rolling across, you know, like you could you could roll your chair to where the phone was or like my dad where his seat was, you know, if the phone did ring during dinner um, and it didn't get answered. But if he did feel compelled to answer it, he was the one who would sort of push away from the right. table and, and roll to the phone and you could roll a roll, you know, you could roll a chair across the linoleum into the pantry, actually. So um, I was just thinking, like, do people today still have, I mean, I'm trying to think, I don't have any chairs. I mean, we have an office chair that's on yeah. wheels, but other than that. Yeah, there is, we have no, like, no furniture other than an office chair. Do you think there's chair. a connection there? Like, is that why we had rolling chairs? So that there's some kind of, you can roll yourself to the phone quick? Like, That's why? That's really interesting. I because, don't know. Because that felt like a very, maybe 80s, 90s, and then yes. you were done with it. And then you did the chairs on casters, yeah. you know? Um, so I think there's a bin. There must be like a bin at Menards that there's an aisle where there's just like... All these old caster wheels connect collecting dust because nobody ever needs to buy the little replacement one that fits just so anymore. But it's funny you said that. I think about how crazy it would be in my current house if our dining room chairs no, had wheels. No, yeah. We would have no – like for what purpose? Right. I don't – yeah. So I'm wondering if that's kind of a – that's something to to think about. Now I think I'm going to look for that in, in you know, films I revisit or shows that, yeah, I, yeah. that I revisit. But yeah. But why – I mean, you, I feel that you, your face, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say you look traumatized, but you don't look comfortable right now. So I'm curious as to why, and was this, was everyone in your home so uncomfortable with the phone? I will say the phone was not something which, we didn't have a, a, a like phone person in our house. Like okay. my, neither of my parents liked the phone to the point where even to this day, uh, like at this point in in 2021, we're fairly accustomed to answering machine voicemail, things like this, right? Yeah. When either of my parents who are, well, they might listen to this. They probably won't. But they know this is true. It's like they, when they leave a message, it's like they're talking to a robot they don't yeah. trust. <laughs> so, so it's like we don't want to give too much information away. We also, we can't be... It's and, and it's like who, who it, knows who's listening to but, this. But here's the thing: it's like the robot is listening and is going to take dictation and deliver the message. So it's not it's like slow, it's, it's delivered. And, and it's not discussed as if I'm going to hear this recording. It's more like I love it. Yeah. So so like that tells you the yeah. level at which none yeah. of us. I, I also like have a phone. parent who um who also will never listen to this, and here's why. Like has never he's I mean he is a retired physician my my stepdad is and um I don't know if that if this is the result of years of essentially as a physician having like a phone service like you have a phone like mm -hmm. you I mean he had a you know the page or the beeper which I guess is a whole other episode potentially but um and he'd have to go make a phone call you know at a payphone or wherever to call the hospital back and 
Um, he never got comfortable with, say, the answering machine. I mean, there was an answering service. Like, he'd call the answering service, and they would relay the message mm-hmm. to him. So maybe your parents think they're calling the answering service. <laughs> but he, to this day, doesn't have voicemail. But, like, your phone has to have voicemail. Like, the call goes somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if we were to call him, which I almost wish that we could <laughs> right now, it would be my mother pretending basically to be the robot voice saying, please do not leave a voicemail on this phone. There is no voicemail on this phone. No one will return this call. <laughs> like, But she's saying it in a voice that isn't her own as if to throw us off and then to think, but then the beep still happens. And sometimes just as a joke, I'll leave one like, to see if hey, mom, I know connected. you're right. Because like, mom, no, you can't. Like the, the call does still go somewhere. Like you're, you're saying this does not. I think she thinks it'll frighten people into hanging up. But so do you, do you, um, so did people answer the phone? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I will say I was never excited to be the one to answer yeah. the phone. Did you have? Would your parents be like, "It's you need to answer the phone"? Yeah, to yeah, you. It, yeah. Um, and and uh, I definitely was not trained to answer the phone. So my um, uh, through probably high school, I would have answered the phone with just "hello," <laughs> oh. which is like. Just bat the ball back to the other person's court. Ooh. Were you ever trained to, okay, because we had this more formal system of answering. Like, were you ever trained to make sure, though, that, say, you're you're the kid home alone, mm-hmm. okay, were you trained to not make clear to the caller that you were alone? I did grow up in the 80s, so yes, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. There was lots of fear of my, about that, yes. My mom can't come to the phone right now. Yes, yep. um, My dad's busy my dad's working in the garage yes. um that's kind of funny right yeah. so i mean I our kids all about again that. those are conversations we haven't had with our kids because my kids aren't allowed to touch my phone right without permission but you definitely had the whole not only the formal way to uh, you know i had this formal way to answer but then also the uh sort of list of like the, the here's how you respond if right. your parent isn't home at all. Here's how you respond if your parent's home, but they're in the background going, no, 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 yep, yep. I'm not going to take that phone call right now. <laughs> right, so, right. Oh. Um, yeah, and I will say just in general, like like making phone calls, I th- and this is less about the 80s and more about just my anxiety. Like I would sometimes even literally write down, but I would script phone conversations ahead of time to be like, I'm going to dial these numbers. They are going to give me a greeting. I am going to say this sentence to them to which they're like, like it, like this is like, this is to friends or to who? I didn't really call friends, but like if I had to, but, but even that, like, like we are good friends, you know, yeah. we don't talk on the phone well, and no. never have. And no, this is, no. well, I do call you. Right. I mean, but you're, then you always laugh and say, I always know it's you or you're the only person that calls. <laughs> But but no but it's like like that is the level of anxiety I have about it. Yes. I have almost never had a phone. I've almost never made a phone call where I haven't already thought through robotically how this is going to work. I'm very afraid of talking on the phone. Um, yeah. I'm much better answering the phone. Like I'm okay. Than with making that. it's the yeah. anticipation of yeah. the call. There was a point in college where uh, I was in the honors program here at Bethel, and we we did a night where we called prospective oh that sounds that students. sounds awful and I yeah and, and now these are people who had already admitted to Bethel but I had to like essentially cold call people to try to get them to apply to the honors program and uh, I did it one time now I just tell people whenever there's like a phone call opportunity it's like you actually don't want me to do this so no I'm going to pass. I, I think that's awful when I, I got, say yes to everything and I say no to that that's true you do say yes to everything when when I got married 
Um, one of the things as we were talking about, you know, like roles and marriage, who's going to do what, whatever, my husband, who is very introverted, said, I just am going to need you to be the person that like calls to order pizza. We had and that I, same conversation. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I don't, I don't enjoy doing it. I see it a bit like killing spiders, which is also one of my, like, I just got to step up to the plate, you know? And so, um, but it's just funny to me because to him, there are so many things that he you could ask him to do that the, the average human would never say yes to doing. But like asking him to cold call Domino's um, or even people who want your oh, business. People who want your business. He just even today when we are pulling up, say we're on a road trip, just as we were a couple weeks ago, and we pull up to the. Um, Freddie's drive-through window. He has me lean over, even if he's driving, to do the ordering. It is just like too, too much, too much, too <laughs> I much. I knew I liked Eric. I know you did. So this this leads me to wonder: Did you ever? You don't strike me then as a person who made prank calls. Oh, but you're right. You're right. But I love prank calls. You so did. I did. See, I this love is funny. Be, We're opposite. I don't like making them, but I love okay. being. If like you're in a group of four or five people and somebody else is really into it, it's super fun. Well, you enjoy. Okay, so it's super fun. Be see, and I there's something for me. But let's let's talk about this a little bit. So, were you were you at sleepovers? Because this feels like it's 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 either a board to me. The prank call is, is sleepovers or a board early afternoon. I would say this is mostly college. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So much more sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I never made a prank call uh, after after middle school. My, probably my, my favorite was I had a roommate. I'm gonna. Not incriminate people. Now, anybody who wants to go and figure out who my roommates were in college could maybe figure this out. Um, and he would prank call, going back to pizza places, he would prank call them and Aww. and play it like a very confused character who was trying to order a pizza but, like, didn't quite understand what a pizza was. <laughs> so he would be like – like, when they would ask what he would want on it, they he would say that he wanted sauce on it. And they were like, well, what else do you want? And, like, and it was just like this character was insistent that if he ordered cheese, he wouldn't get sauce. And it was so funny. Like, the character was very funny and just like a very confused person – um, so, yeah, so like moments like that, I just think are now because what you have to have, and this is what I'm not, is you have to have somebody who is supremely funny at that. Yes. And yeah. then I love to be in there because you can be the person who's like part of the writer's room. And it's like you're like you're handing you're them a slip of paper them. like, oh, what yeah. about this? What about this? That's actually quite fun. Now, that is dead now. It is. It, well, that's what I was going to say. It, it's it's interesting that this this was such a thing. I think this is a probably somewhat universal. Well, I shouldn't say that because we've got some friends that we both agree were probably being trained in a bunker somewhere for um, <laughs> because they, they seem to have no recollection of the 80s. But this, to me, feels a, sort of a universal experience. There were standard prank calls that you would do. I prank calls always made me uncomfortable because I do not like when I mean I love humor but I'm very uh self-conscious and mm-hmm. so laughing at someone else's expense I do I mean I'm not trying to say I'm such a I'm such a wonderful person but there is something that yep. was very de- Oh yeah um, they're cru- I, they're they're cruel jokes. Uh, right I can't find I I don't enjoy um discomfort as an aspect of humor or fear like I don't I don't enjoy roller coasters and to me the prank calls kind of you know it's like maybe the unexpected of what's going to happen but it's just it's interesting to me because prank calls were sort of they were just living on the edge there was the beauty of anonymity in however but but on the edge because 
that was the, the you know when you often would prank call people you did know mm-hmm. i want to you know that i i think i mean maybe with the exception of your friends and calling the the local pizza establishment or pizza parlor if you will <laughs> to, to do a throwback but you I, I feel like you prank called at least at slumber parties you kind of prank called people you know right. which to me again makes me even right now feel very uncomfortable that because feels of that. weirder because like it's it's not right. it's not a stranger but you and, didn't yeah. you didn't know just oh, so if you were calling a friend there was a way you could know who'd called you sort of yes. kind of yes and that was through doing what the what, star 69 the star dial. the star 69 so for for those of you that don't know as soon as a call ended i mean and it had to be Within seconds, right? Because you couldn't get another phone call because right, right. it had to be right after the phone call. You could you could hit star 69 on your phone. And I'm trying to remember, did it just relay the number back to I gotta you? I got to tell you, I don't know that I've ever actually had to use star 69. Oh, I've used star I just star know it 69. as a – I know it as – it must just dial it back, But right? see, here's the thing. Yes, it di- you're right. It dials it back. So then there's also the roll of the dice or like, are you willing – are you willing to face whatever's coming yep. in, in in the answer to that? So the prank call itself was such a – you had to be willing to roll the dice. But then also star 69, man, you were stepping right back up to the plate. But see, you almost – now, again, I never did this. But I think the way to play it back was not as if, hey, I star 69 you, but like – Oh, I just happened to be calling you, and this crazy thing oh, yeah. just Oops. happened. And then, mm-hmm. and then you can no, no. Then you convey, I just got this weird call, but you somehow turn it back on them exactly. in a kind of way, like or catch you make, them. or you. Or this is what I'm good at. You make them feel really bad about it yeah. by like thinking like you're deeply concerned. Like there's ways to do this, but yes, yes, yeah. And and I'm not. I again, I'm not certain when. I mean, caller ID as a concept from from the limited research that I did, caller ID as a concept uh, existed in the '70s, but it isn't something that was say mainstream offered. That's a '90s thing. I feel um, well, like. well, I think towards the end of the '80s because you could you got those little boxes. Oh, that's you right. got those I forgot little boxes that, yeah. that you had to plug in, which is totally separate from an answering machine. It was like a different deal altogether. And then eventually, in the early '90s, somebody put the miracle of the caller ID into the same contraption as the answering machine, so you didn't have 19 right. little boxes all set up by your phone, but. Um, I know that there's going to be those that would argue that caller ID ruined prank calling for a it generation. Just ended I want to say it, it really just put an end to the cruel, yeah. the cruelty that was yeah. the, I'm on the board prank with call. That. Yeah, I kind of like that. But because I remember that if you had caller ID, you didn't, you almost didn't need an answering machine, depending on the type of person you were, because you could just click. You could just like mm-hmm. click right who back let, yeah, through who had, called, yeah. who had called you. And there was kind of a fun mystery in that. Mm-hmm. That I think the answering machine then ultimately ended up yeah. ruining. Now, what's interesting about all the things you're saying, and I think when you said star 69, it made me yeah. think of this, because that only worked, I believe, on a touchtone phone. Did you ever have a rotary phone? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I didn't have a rotary phone, but my grandmother my grandmother had these awesome phones. And it's funny because I've seen them occasionally on eBay. And I would like to – I would actually like to have – a rotary phone in my home with like a real bell. That I, rings. I like how yeah. it feels. Um, the rotary phone has a challenge that kids these days don't get. You need to remember where you're at with the number. You've got to follow through on moving the number all the way around. Um, I love the tactile feel of a rotary phone. So my grandmother had a rotary phone, um, and so you definitely couldn't. I mean, you were, you just were. You know, there was going to be no knowing who had just called you if they pranked you. But in a second, I want to talk about like, well, your kids still have one. So your kids have 
the landline at home. My mm-hmm. kids have never had it. So when they come to my office and there is still a real phone, um, they love to play with it. I mean, it's like the greatest sure. it's the greatest thing to them. And then they're they're so mystified by it. And then I unplug it and let them <laughs> And it's just hours of entertainment. Right. Well, so so we had a rotary phone. Our, we had two phones in our house, and they were both rotary phones. And then we made the, like, light speed jump, probably 88 or 89, from the rotary phone. We skipped the touchtone phone and went right to the cordless oh, phone. Oh, my word. You didn't even earn it. No offense. No, I think we did earn it by putting in lots of hours on, on the rotary. rotary phone. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, the cordless phone. Um that's so again like the the cordless phone to me is okay you know that's late 1980s i did learn that the cordless telephone gets introduced to the mass market by sony in the 1980s again the the technology was there as early as the late 1960s but it became sort of more mainstream um and i remember that like the cordless phone worked but the early ones like they were not the quality was not great. Right, I mean, right. this was not like a crystal clear connection. There was interference. There were issues with, you know, the range. But and, and just like the first cell phone calls probably all started with, do you know where I am? The first cordless it, phone calls started that way, too. Yes. It's like, I am in, I'm like, and you'd always go like outside. And it's like, well, that's a problem because yeah. you, you've now, your first call is outside of the range of this. Yeah. Thing. So now like the first call you make, every every call sounds like you're in a phone booth mm-hmm. someplace with um and or you'd walk around the house and realize there are certain pockets where it doesn't work so you have to walk into the pockets well, yes. where it works and um i think that if you think of all these rules i mentioned earlier about you know your phone call has to happen where we all can see you which was just a default that was a default my parents yeah. didn't have to make that rule because of where the phone was but now Oh, my goodness. You know, this just sort of opened up a whole can of worms as it came to potentially illicit behavior um, on behalf of my siblings and myself. And so there were new rules. You know, the phone's always got to be back. You know, you cannot you cannot leave the phone out of the dock. If it's not in the docking station, you get in big trouble. And I will say that this is actually part of why I wish today I still had a physical phone because I was the worst. I, I am terrible at putting the phone back where it belonged. So there's been times, um, mostly when I lived, um, I've never lived fully by myself, but one of my dear friends, we were roommates for four years after college. Like there there were times we couldn't receive calls because I'd left the phone somewhere and it mm-hmm. died. And then, you know, there was no, there was no clapper to right. clap for it. And to there be was able no like hard line phone you could plug in and in for the time no. being. And then, and then the frustration, and I want to apologize to Jenny. She'll again, never listen to this, but I want to apologize to Jenny for the times she had to wait for the, the, the um, handset to recharge because right. <laughs> it wasn't instantaneous. You know, we had to, we had to, yeah, it's, not like you could, it's not like you could plug it <laughs> no. in and then call. Like it was, oh. it was an all or nothing proposition. Yes. Oh, I feel really bad. And about do you remember, that. do you remember having, having calls where you, the phone would be dying as you were? Oh, yeah. And you you're like, dying. this is, this is, um, you're starting to get the beeps. It's yep. Like, yep. <laughs> and you try to get closer to it thinking that's going to help. And then that's where you say to yourself, wish I just had a cordless phone. Like, why did we get rid mm-hmm. of the cordless phone? You should you should still keep one, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it took me a long time to, again, get, get the landline out of the house because I felt like it's just a good – It's it to me, the landline acknowledged I know my own shortcomings. This is a safe thing for anyone that lives with me to have. Right. Yes. No. <laughs> now, you, talk, you talked about caller ID ruining 
uh, or not, excuse me, put, not ruining, but putting an end to prank calls. Yeah. Um, there is a thing as we think about the uh, the 1980s and uh, a lot of the TV and especially movies that we watched, that if you tried to remake them now, cell phones would ruin. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I mean, can you think of, of examples hmm. of movies where it's like, oh, if they all had cell phones, none of this stuff could happen? Yeah, I mean, I think of right off the top of my head, and I unfortunately can't get into a particular scene, so I I wish that I could, and I don't want to create one in my mind because I'll be wrong, and somebody who is much more of a, um, you know, a a film aficionado of the 80s will certainly correct us. But I I like movies like Can't Buy Me Love. Um, I think of uh, The Breakfast Club. I think of, um, for me, Pretty in Pink where um, Molly Ringwald's character is she's like waiting for this phone call that's or, mm-hmm. or or the sadness of waiting for a phone call that doesn't come or I mean to, back to our kind of earlier point we were talking about it sort of related to parents and important phone calls but like like teens not le- scenes of teens not leaving for the evening because they're waiting right for a phone call that potentially is never going to come so um and it missed, missed again, missed calls, the mm-hmm. crossed signals of miss. How about this? You know, you think of uh, famous movie scenes where somebody lost the phone number, and right. that that person was lost to them forever. Right, right. Or, or even think about like, uh, I mean, you could you could remake a movie like Adventures in Babysitting, yeah, but right. you'd have to you'd have to write in this is why their phone isn't working, and it's like. So, so right. like you basically need to reset it to say like, well, this is a world where those things doesn't exist, and they couldn't find somebody else and get get a phone and to that. call an Uber. No, and um, yes. this is not going to mean much to you, but in terms of when we when we talk about a bit about like literature from the eighties, so I was a big fan of um, the Babysitters Club books. And uh, I think I was I was actually probably a teeny bit too old for them, but like I, I enjoyed series things you could plow through where you're like I, I read two of these today. But the Babysitters Club, the, like the original premises, you know, this group of women who's um, friends. These I think they're like in fifth or sixth grade when the series initially starts, and they have a set time, and it's four o'clock to like five thirty, where they gather at the home of Claudia Kishi, and people call them. For babysitting jobs, oh. there's there's but this is what you know. This mm-hmm. is when the babysitters club exists. Is they gather oh. three times a week. So that's what the club to, is. Four o'clock to five thirty, and they wait for the phone ring. Wow! And then people call in, and they know to call during that time, and they set up babysitting jobs. Now I would do this if you wanted. Will we do an episode where we read a babysitters club book from the eighties and oh, break it down? I would yes, do this if you wanted. Yes, I would. Yes, we'd or, have to get yeah, our hands yeah. on one. We. That's I don't Not know. A problem. What, what do you mean? I don't. I don't. Sure. I have one other. I have one other big phone phone question for yeah. you. Um, in your home growing up, did you have more than one phone attached to that line? Like, could you secretly listen into oh, someone's phone? Oh well, calls? yeah, but that was risky because it was kitchen and my parents' room. So I mean, you know, you would have to. It was risk reward, so you'd have to really think about. Okay. You know, I want to listen to Todd's phone call. He is, that's my other, one of my other brothers. Um, he is on the phone in the kitchen, used to be the pantry. I'm going to have to go sneak into my parents' room. And the challenge would be that getting to the phone meant a, a pretty treacherous crawl across the mm-hmm. waterbed. And that brought its, I mean, you know, trying to be quiet 
um, and stealthy when you're going to be sitting on a waterbed at the same time, just sort of, or, you know, even... Um, that, being, what yeah. you just described sounds like an 80s movie in and of itself. Yeah, but it, I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. You know, right. I'm not exaggerating. Right. So um, I, I introduced the concept of the waterbed. I told my kids about waterbeds. I mean, this was probably five or seven years ago. They were pretty young. And they were just like, you're talking crazy. <laughs> like they could not to them. I mean, I had to Google and show them photos because they 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 did not believe that that was something that people, you know, it's like, kind of insane. It is. It's it. pretty ridiculous, but we can we can come back. Right, right, we should, right. Um as we as we get ready Wait to, for our waterbed episode. Yes, exactly. As we get ready to uh to close up here, I, I want to again kind of bring it back to the present because when I talk about my dislike of the phone today, I'm kind of notorious in my family for um, not returning voicemails. Like if you look at my, um, I thought I'll, I'll show you really quick here. If we look at the number of voicemails that I have, that I haven't cleared out or answered, you want to read that number? Is that the 156 yeah, number? Yeah, yep. Whoa. Um, I just don't, I, I just, I, yeah, I just don't, Are those I don't like, like unlistened the phone. to? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, I see who's called and I listen to it if I think, you know, it's important. But then also, you know, with texting, if the if the blue dot is still there, I haven't actually right. opened that one. So I got this one, I think a, a fitting place to close. Sam, if you would read this one that came in from my dad last night, you'll see it there under granddad's cell. I haven't responded okay. yet. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, how about a call when you can love your dad? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I got to get better at the phone calls. I want to say, I talk to my dad all the time via text, but he wants me to call. Sure. So I don't know. Which it actually makes sense. It, it, it totally makes sense. Now we, yeah, it, I'm going to leave it there. It totally makes sense. So this has been fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Now, granted, we've used up all our words for the day. So if anyone calls me today, I will That's not right. be calling you back. I won't be answering no for way. sure. <laughs> For sure. Yes. So, uh, Well, Amy, that is all the time that we have. We need to wrap this up. So in the wise words of Billy Ocean, when the going gets tough. Oh, the tough get going. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Latchkey Kids. Email us at channel3900 at gmail.com and subscribe to the Channel 3900 Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, 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 oh,